You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 147. Because there is a responsibility with that voice. And, you know, to give that to somebody else to have these conversations for you, you don't know where that's going to go. And like, if you're going to hire somebody for 20 bucks an hour that you've met a few times online to hold your voice, do you really trust them to do that? And I really think that this is the most crucial part of being a social CEO is owning your voice with responsibility and conviction. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello there and welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, and every week we explore different strategies, tools, and resources for you as a professional coach, whether that is building your skill set, learning different techniques and models and strategies for your coaching. And we also definitely want to look at how you are building your business how you're connecting with your ideal client and bringing in a steady stream of clients so that you're able to continue doing that, what you're passionate about, coaching. We all need to be able to support ourselves by doing this, which is one of the many reasons why I am dedicated to bringing this show to you each and every week. Now, this week, we're looking at social media. We all know that social media can be noisy, frustrating. Sometimes it can even feel like a complete waste of time. So today we're going to challenge you to look at it through a different lens. What if you knew who you wanted to connect with if you really listened to what is important to them and then you join their conversation? As the CEO and founder of Social Pivot PR, Donna Cravada is our guest today. She helps small businesses, speakers, authors, and content creators claim their voice, speak from their heart, and build a meaningful online presence. She then teaches you how to infuse your voice into your own content, into your social media, into your media interviews. And even if you're speaking from the stage, the foundation that we're going to be talking about in today's interview is all built around identifying the perfect small audience that's right for you and then using the invaluable intelligence found through social listening, strategic content, and positioning to land you in front of the right people and begin that conversation. When social media is approached from this perspective, then your results are going to be really different. It's not about numbers and vanity metrics. It's rather about the focus on moving beyond the noise and all that frustration of social media to connect with actual people 
and have real conversations. You've heard me say many times that business building is about relationship building, and Donna is an expert in helping us learn how to do that. The things that we learn along the way from these conversations help us to clarify and inform our own business decisions and lead to extraordinary possibilities. So Donna and I are going to have this conversation about taking the web of confusion out of your eyes about social media and really getting clear about how you can use these platforms to build the relationships that build your business. So let's go to our interview with Donna Cravada. Good afternoon, Donna. Welcome to the Star Coach Show. Good afternoon. It's wonderful to be here, Meg. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. You are going to share with us something that I know keeps me on the edge of my seat. And I was so thrilled to be introduced to you. We've had such a good time talking in advance of our interview. Today, we're going to talk about being our social CEO, how we handle our business in the place of social media, like how we utilize social media in an authentic, genuine way that really connects with our audience. And you are the lady for us to talk to about that. So when I say social CEO, that's your expression. What comes up? What do we need to know about that? Well, most people approach social media from the perspective of pushing and announcing and broadcasting, and they really don't want to be involved with social media. They want to give it to somebody else to do. And for me, that when somebody asks, can you do my social media, that's the buzzword that they need to start to look at this through a different lens. And that's one of my favorite conversations to have. And I'm so happy to share it with you today and, and with your audience as well. So instead of looking at it as a place to broadcast, look at it a little differently. When you just stand up and talk about yourself and talk about what you do, and no matter how wonderful it is, people get tired of hearing it. And you just become part of that noise, that collective noise that's this constant din of social media. But when you stop and you listen first, you extract yourself from being part of that noise. And that gives you the opportunity to look at things through a different lens, through the lens of being a social CEO. Excellent. So when you say stop and listen first, how are we doing that? Okay. So we all kind of know somebody we want to connect with, somebody we admire, somebody we would like to get to know. Just go read what they're writing about. It's really quite simple. So once you can define your audience, which is kind of like this collection of the people that you admire, the people you want to meet, people who maybe were clients in the past, could be clients in the future, speaking opportunities, interviews, media, in people in your industry that you want to know, associations, could be vendors that you work with. So this collectively is your audience. And when you start to listen to them a little bit at a time, so I don't want it to be too overwhelming, but if you listen right. to one person who's influential to you, you listen to one podcast and you listen to one, I don't know, one vendor that you work with or, or you know, or the website or the social media of a tool that you use in your business. 
effectiveness because the tool is kind of tapped into that audience too. So maybe in an assessment or some kind of a coaching school, even if if you're out there and you're thinking about becoming part of a coaching school, maybe you start to follow what different schools are posting. Exactly. It could even be, I mean, we all refer books, right? We recommend books. It could be an author, an author that you love. So it doesn't need to, I don't want it to sound overwhelming. I just wanted to include all of the avenues of where all of this information can come from. And it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, But this is the information that informs your business and informs your business decisions. And when you can tap into these conversations that are happening online, real time, live, you get this whole level of business intelligence that you're giving away when you ask somebody to do your social media. What's interesting to me about that, Donna, the first thing that comes to mind is the amount of time that it feels like it would be to to really be on. So when you say just pick one or two things, that's so helpful to me. Mm-hmm. I'm in, in many different communities on Facebook and in LinkedIn. And my thought often is if I was to keep up with all of them, I would just absolutely not have any time to do my business. But maybe I need to be intentional about following one this month and maybe one another month and being a part of that conversation and hear what people are saying and what interests are going on. So that feels far more manageable. Yeah, everything about this is small and contained because in coaching businesses, how many clients can you possibly work with? Like I have a client who he needs two clients a year because he sells very high level coaching. And when we boiled this down for him, that he only needed to connect with two people to get two clients, he would only really need to connect with maybe 50 people a year to get those two clients. And that was like a realization for him that was like, oh, so I don't have to do this the way everybody else is doing this. Right. So, so you how do we become aware of how, what we need to be doing? Okay. You, sort you of start a, listening. Yeah. When you start listening, you start mm-hmm. to see, because one of the things that happens in our businesses, particularly when we work either alone or with a really small group of people and we work from home or we travel a lot, we get very in, isolated. And we start to kind of lose that connection (laughs) to the people around us. And we build things that we think are wonderful, but then nobody wants them. Oh, good input. Yes. When you start to listen first, so even if you listen to one or two or three people from that collective audience, you'll start to see a pattern of what they're interested in. Are they, you know, do you have these three people that are listening to the same podcasts, going to the same events, reading the same articles, connecting with the same people? And the social tools make it very easy to see how you're connected, who you have in common. And you start to just feel those words. Mm-hmm. I call it internal keyword research. Okay. Because, you know, there are tools to do all these things and there are, you know, metrics, but you've got to feel it in here to be able to build a relationship. And when you start to realize that you're using the same words as the people that you want to connect with, and they start to hear the same words that they use coming from you, trust builds and a relationship builds with your content before they even get to know you. So if you're if you are now using this information that you find from listening to these three people online, you're using that to inform 
your conversations, your speaking topics, the content you write, the social platforms you frequent, because you don't have to be on all of them, but you should definitely be on more than one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you have everything, all your eggs in one basket and one social platform decides to close down, you're done. So So when you say social platform, you're talking about don't put all your eggs in Facebook or all on Twitter or all on Instagram. Spread the love around a little bit. Spread the love around, but also know where your audience is. When one of the biggest complaints that people come to me with is they don't know what to say on social media. Right. So that raises a couple of flags for me. One is if you don't know who you're talking to, how do you know what to say? So that tells me that they need to really understand where their audience is online. And the way to do that is to listen. You'll start to see, oh, these three people are all active on LinkedIn and they're connected to these other people that I would like to meet too. So maybe I need to spend a little bit more time on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. That's one way to do it. The other way is to really be you. So let's talk about being authentic. How, How do we show up on social media as who we are, because I think maybe the minute we start to think about getting on social media, it's almost as though we feel like, ah, what kind of persona do I have to put forward? Okay, none. (laughs) None is the answer. It's uncanny how people will see on social media that it's not you. So now I don't want this to feel overwhelming because there's a lot of stuff that you can, a lot of tasks and a lot of work that you can Mm -hmm. delegate people. But the things that you can't delegate is claiming your voice and speaking from your heart. And when you do that online, it's no different than when you meet people face to face, because they're really getting to know you and they're building a relationship with you while you are doing something else. And people will feel that this is a time suck and they don't have time to do this. But think about the advantages of that of how many more people you can build real relationships with if you do this strategically and in a very small and targeted way versus let me just hire somebody for a couple of dollars an hour to copy and paste things that I might have said 10 years ago. (laughs) So (laughs) what kinds of things are people putting on social media that you are that they're getting results from it? Like you talk about being genuine and authentic Mm -hmm. and being ourselves what kinds of things should we be what should you, we be out there? What are you passionate about? What are the things that make you speak so like it comes from inside of you and people cannot feel they can't help but feel connected to what you're saying. And when you're saying that to the right people that that you've already identified by listening, these are the people that really will understand and, and need what I'm talking about the services that I'm offering, the value that I give back, it changes the whole dynamic. And it helps you make decisions in your business too, because you now start to build everything based on what people already want. So, you know, when you're writing things, whether it be content or doing Facebook lives or, you know, you know, doing, you know, uploading a a video to Instagram, video is very powerful and Mm -hmm. it's, Honestly, it's easier to do than writing a lot of content (laughs) as long as you're comfortable doing it. And, you know, the only way to get comfortable doing it is by doing it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and I will say in the different posts that I have, when I'm a little outrageous or funny or a little tongue in cheek, those actually get more likes and more views than when I'm super serious or just giving information. Yeah. I also, can I share a story? Oh, please. Okay. So I have a client that I've worked with for years and she always calls herself my worst case client because when we met, 
I told her, you're not a good client for me. You, you just, you don't want to own any of this. And, you know, we had this dance back and forth and then she finally forced me to take her money. And I had a hole in my wall from banging, like a dent in my wall from banging my head against the wall from her. She actually bought me a picture to hang over it. But one of the things that she was doing, it was she was handing off all of the interaction on social and all of her images, everything that needed to be created on social media to somebody else to do. So what she was doing was she was cultivating somebody else's voice onto her own brand. Mm-hmm. And there was no connection. She loves to take pictures. So I said, just go take pictures, go out for a weekend and just take pictures everywhere. So she took all of these pictures. She got a Canva account for $12 a month and she started creating her own little quote posts. She's now getting sometimes 300 comments on a post. Wow. But she's the one putting those up with her own quotes. And they're not perfect. You know, I look at them and I cringe sometimes because, you know, the text is crooked. and I don't like the font. And, but she's getting the reaction because people feel that it's her. And she responds to every single comment. And that's one of the biggest things. If you are consistently responding to every comment, what happens is the social platforms will open up the gates and they'll let more people see your content. And that's what's interesting. So I want the audience here to understand that LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, they're controlling who sees what you post. So even if somebody's your friend or if somebody's connected with you, LinkedIn with you through, you're not necessarily in front of all that audience. Now, I don't get quite what the logo, what, what the decision making is around that, but I know that that's important for so the way that we behave on social media indicates how many people get to view our posts is that accurate that that and spending money but you know on on advertising but it doesn't pay to spend money on advertising until you're really clear on who your audience is Mm -hmm. because then you're just kind of like throwing it out there but that's a whole other conversation even just putting up posts and you're right about showing who you are show a little bit like Show every part of who you are that you're comfortable sharing, because the minute you're uncomfortable sharing something, it crosses that line into inauthentic, because then it feels like, oh, she's just sharing this because she feels she has to. So you want to feel comfortable with whatever you're sharing. But like if you let's I'm just going to create a little persona. So let's say you like to travel to the mountains, you enjoy knitting, and you're a big Bob Dylan fan. Okay. All of those things are comfortable to share. So, you know, you can share quotes from Bob Dylan. You can share, you know, what, you know, the first time you heard this song and what it meant to you. You can share things that you, that you knitted and who you gave them to and what it meant and how you learned to knit. And did your grandmother teach you how to do this when you were seven years old and, and traveling to the mountains? Like you can just take a ton of pictures and share that with different thoughts, different quotes, book recommendations, you know, and, and share little bits of who you are. So your audience feels like they're getting to know you before they actually get to know you. So it doesn't all have to be business focused, even no. if it's your business that you're trying to attract people to. Exactly. Because all very connected to our businesses, they're extensions of who we are. And so you, you talked to me individually about when we were doing our pre-interview 
about how stories, and when we share stories on social media, it helps people see who we are. So I can see how you're talking about, like, if I knitted something, and and everybody who knows me is laughing because I have no creativity. But if I knitted something and put a post of a picture of what I knitted and that I gave it to my niece for her birthday or whatever, that's helping people see a little bit about who Meg is outside of the mentor and executive coaching that I exactly do. exactly and I mean how could that lead into a story about maybe how you mentored your niece through something and then you know somebody's that that's listening could say oh okay so this isn't just about work this mentoring affects my life that's a beautiful tie-in good job Donna <laughs> How does that then come with, so let's say I say to you, okay, I want to be my social CEO, but -hmm. there's only so much time in the day and I want to be effective at this. And is there any way I can delegate it or any parts of it? So talk to me about that. Anything technical, delegate. The, you know, like, so the uploading of posts, you know, resizing images, putting all of the, you know, podcast things on the images, you know, the whole process that you have for creating all of the assets for, for podcasts, that could all be delegated, you know, pulling stats on a monthly basis to see, you know, what posts are getting the most activity. Because when you look at your analytics, you see what your audience is reacting to, and when they're not reacting to, so you want to adjust your plan to spend more time and effort, the content and and the assets that you're creating that your audience resonates with. Okay. So while you want our content to come from us and be genuine and authentic and represent who we are, you're not saying that we couldn't partner with somebody to help with the logistics end of it around the technical, as well as being able to read what the analytics the stats, are. the analytics mm-hmm. are. Yeah. And, and here's a great example of what you could do. So okay. you can do a Facebook live or a zoom interview like this. You can have it transcribed. You can give it all to somebody and say, you know, I'd like to turn this into a blog article. And, you know, these are, you know, a couple of the key points that I want to pull out. Can you find a few keywords around that? So they'll find the right keywords to talk about those topics, build it out into a blog, embed the Facebook Live or Zoom right into the blog, break it into social media posts and share it all out. Now you, this is all your voice because this was a live, right? Okay. You need to review it and make sure it's okay. And then you need to be the one that goes in and listens to the conversations that come from sharing that. That is an excellent example, I hope, for everybody about how we don't have to carry the entire load as the CEO, but we have to do the touch part. Yes, you're the tip of the iceberg. And one good way to think about it is whenever you feel like you're not sure who you're supposed to be on social, think about how you would interact if you were walked into a room. And let's say that there were these 200 people that you wanted to meet in this room. What is your method or your the way that you connect with those 200 people. I mean, unless you're on the stage, you're not going to have any real meaningful connection with 200 people in a short period of time. So do you navigate the room and find five or six people that you would really like to connect with in a deeper way? I mean, that's what I do. I don't know what other people might do, but, and if you're going to have a conversation with them, you don't say like, you know, I really want to talk to you, but I'm going to step away now and have you have this conversation with my assistant. I'm so happy to meet you. Here's my assistant. Have a good time. Okay. So having that, that interaction, let's talk a little bit about 
effective ways to respond to the comments. So let's say that a comment comes up that that makes you uncomfortable. A comment comes up that is a naysaying. I mean, we're going to get positives and negatives. There's going to be, what are they called? Haters. So how, how do you see, how do you recommend? Well, the first thing is that's an indicator that you're really getting out there because you're not going, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. And as long as it's not violent in any way, mm-hmm. or it's like going to cause somebody physical or emotional harm, the best thing to do is to respond in a public way that shows your level of customer service, your level of professionalism, mm-hmm. and you know how to end that conversation. Just as you would, like if you, if you walked into a party and somebody said something inappropriate, how would you handle it? You know, you can't run out of the room. <laughs> Preferably, yes. But I mean, like if it is something that is, you know, harmful in any way, just block them, report them, because all of the platforms have ways for you to do that. And, you know, you might even want to warn some people privately to stay away from this person. And, you know, it's sad, but it's a reality of the world that we live in today. But for the most part, it's really a good way to um, exhibit the way you handle difficult situations because they come up in every aspect of our lives. And the thing, one of the things that I truly love about leadership on social media when it's done well is you never know who's listening. So you never know the impact that you can have on somebody's life if they're in a really bad place and they just, they don't know where to turn to for help. And just by you. Something to really think about and be aware that you, what you're putting out there is being seen even if that person isn't commenting on it or, and certainly if people are commenting. So let me, you said you want to be able to respond to every single comment. Is liking a comment responding or is actually commenting on a comment the only way that it's responding? The the platforms don't really value likes anymore. Instagram has actually stopped showing them. Yeah, it's, it's really about the commenting. Facebook, I mean, they, all of them, they want to see that there's interaction, that you're hitting people, that people are responding to what you're saying. And then what they'll do is they will open up the doors a little wider and let more people see your content. And without spending money on ads, that's really the only way that they're going to see it. <laughs> okay. So is that how we would then build our community? Yes. Yes, that and okay. through groups. You could open up a group or you could join other groups. Facebook is really liking groups these days. And one of the questions you had was about, you know, showing up authentically. So I just want to swing back to that for a second. And the voice, the owning of the voice. For years, I said, I I have been saying you need to own your voice online, but it's so much deeper than that because there is a responsibility with that voice. And, you know, to give that to somebody else to have these conversations for you, you don't know where that's going to go. And like, if you're going to hire somebody for, you know, 20 bucks an hour that you've met a few times online to hold your voice, do you really trust them to do that? And I really think that this is the most crucial part of being a social CEO is owning your voice with responsibility and conviction. And when you do that, people will hear it through the noise. And if you're using, if you, if you're leveraging the parts of the tools that they want you to use, <laughs> which right now are stories and video and groups and things like that, people will, will, you know, they'll start to hear you. And the more activity you get, the bigger it grows. So it's not an overnight thing. You're not going to be an instant six, you know, 
Facebook celebrity in a couple of weeks. It just doesn't, those days have come and gone. But with, with claiming your voice and speaking from your heart and being responsible for what you say, you just don't know who you can impact and who you can reach every single day. And when you come from it, from the perspective of, I only need to reach a few people, you know, maybe it's a hundred people, maybe it's two, you, you, you don't know, but it doesn't have to be 20 million. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it changes the entire process of how you use it. Really great food for thought and hopefully shifting some awareness in the audience as well as maybe hopefully making this feel more doable. What else do we need to be aware of as we are our own social CEO? You don't need as much content as you think you do. Okay. Because we're, we're all conditioned to just keep pumping out and pumping out and pumping out and new and new and new. But how many people have actually read the stuff that you already have? I've heard that it's like 2%. Uh, Like (laughs) when you make a post, it, isn't really seen by everybody the first time around. But not just that. I mean, think about a blog post mm-hmm. or one of your interviews. This, mm-hmm. you know, how many, like, so if we're going to talk for 30 minutes or so, mm-hmm. how many social posts do you think you could pull out of that with sound bites? Well, quite a few. So you can share the same interview mm-hmm. with, let's say, 20 different sound bites, and you can. F- build that into a social media management tool or your assistant can, so you're not doing it. And now you've got the same interview going out into different audiences of people because you're speaking about different things and you can have them go, have it go out for years. I I got a client about three months ago Mm -hmm. from a podcast that I did three years ago. Wow. And it does happen. I mean, I will tell you that all of my interviews are sort of evergreen in that I, I let people know about them on an ongoing, ongoing basis. And my first interview was two and a half years ago. And it's still getting numerous downloads because yeah. people are like, wow, I didn't know Cynthia Lloyd Ars talked about building a business. And it's a new interview to them, but it's, you know, the first interview I did. Exactly. The other thing, um, you know, there's content repurposing and content upcycling. I love them both. Okay. Tell us about the differences there. So content repurposing is you're just kind of sending it out into different, in different ways. Like I just explained, this one podcast interview could be 20 different social posts, but now you can do a little audit and go back and on your content that you've got for the last two and a half years or 20 years, whatever it might be, get rid of the stuff that you don't need. That's not relevant anymore or dated. And start to look at everything together collectively. So it's not just this one post that I put out this week and the one I put out the week after that, but where are the common themes? So just to give an example, Mm -hmm. I had a client early on in my business who was a sleep consultant and she worked primarily with babies and children and families. And she had easily five or six years of blog posts. She had no idea what she had. And one of our first projects together was pulling together all of her content and she didn't want to do it. (laughs) And I made her. (laughs) And from that, we were able to build six different eBooks and six avenues of business based on the age of the kids that she was working with. Wow. And she resisted and went ahead and did it and look what she got from that. So let's talk about how do you work with people around social media? Tell me a little bit about the work you do. Okay, so it's more than just social media. It's social media, PR, so it's interviews and media interviews, podcast interviews, things like that, speaking opportunities, and also SEO, 
but I don't do SEO in this big, scary, technical way. It's more about the words and understanding the words that the people that you want to connect with are using so you can infuse them into what you're doing and they can find you and build this level of comfort and trust through common words. And what we do is we work with clients individually, Uh you know, anywhere from like a three month to a one year basis. And we teach, what we do is we build the platforms for them. We do all of the research Mm -hmm. and then we spend a period of time training them how to own this in their own business. So I'll train their teams and I will work with them. We'll build out content plans. And what we try to do is build out content plans that are easily repurposed from year to year. Excellent. Now you're also coming up with a creative new thing that you're doing. What's this new thing that you're doing? So one of the things that has been very time consuming for me is all of the teaching that we do. So what we've done is we've created this series of workshops. We currently have eight of them that are going to be launching in the next, well, they'll they'll probably be launched by the time this airs. (laughs) So they're, they're launching this summer and they cover, each one is like a three hour workshop that's broken down into digestible portions to teach like a big piece of this work. So it could be, you know, how to land podcast interviews the right way. And in that, just in that one workshop, we've got four videos and we've got a podcast list with 280 or 290 podcasts on there. Mm-hmm. And all the information that you need to prepare yourself to pitch, to pitch, and then how to follow up afterwards, how to keep the relationship going with the host. And a lot of that is how you share it on social media, because most people will share it once, and then that's the end of it. But how you can take all of this and build it into your marketing plan, so you're sharing it on an ongoing basis. So that's just... And I would say, as a podcast host, that's certainly something I would want to hear from my guests, that they're, that I'm not the only one that's going to be keeping their show evergreen. Yeah. And and in that one workshop, I also interviewed a client of mine who's a podcast host that she's got like the close to 300 episodes. And she just went through, I mean, she didn't even let me talk very much. <laughs> she just went through and said, this is what I like to see and what I don't like to see. And this is, this is what gets me excited. So it, I think it's kind of valuable for people to understand that. And then we have another one on uh, social listening, uh, SEO writing, and how to build intentional content and how to use free tools to be able to play the keyword game, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not hard. It's just, you, you, you need to know how to do it. And we, throughout each one, there is information on how to delegate and how to delegate wow. and the part that you need to own as a social CEO. So one of the, the first workshop, which everybody gets regardless of how many you purchase is like an intro workshop and it covers the whole social CEO piece where, you know, the, pretty much what we're talking about today mm-hmm. and delegation and also how to develop your audience. So how you figure out who these people are that you want to connect with. Mm-hmm. and build relationships with them. So helpful. So these these workshops that you are launching right now, are they where you can just sort of a la carte and pick the, the workshops that make sense for you? What we did is we set them up in bundles. Uh-huh. So that there is the, and you could buy one or you could buy a bundle or you could create your own bundle. So we created the bundles based kind of like on a broad umbrella. So there are visibility bundles, which uh-huh. include PR, podcasts, and speaking opportunities. And there's an individual workshop for each one. And then there's a relationship building 
bundle, which teaches you about the social listening and how to build the content. So you build relationships through the content, how to use LinkedIn as a relationship building tool. And so, there's one more. I can't even remember what it is right now. <laughs> you know, and I can understand that because I think you've just been immersed in it. It's been a lot of work, but I'm really excited about it. A couple of months ago, I went through all of these workshops with a, with a small group of four people and got their feedback and took them through it. And it's so interesting because most, most of the results were not around social media. It was around really changing their entire business. Donna, thank you so much for bringing your specialty to us and helping us better understand how to look, how to listen, how to speak in social media from our hearts in a way that will change our business and and change our relationships. It's been such a joy to spend time with you. Thank you. It was great to be here. So there you have some specific strategies that you can put in place immediately to help with your social media. And if you're interested in the workshops that Donna talked about, those are available now as well. And you can get those links in our show notes or on the resource page at starcoachshow.com. I want to thank Donna again for coming and sharing her expertise with us. And I want to encourage you to come back next week as we visit with Master Certified Coach Kathleen Stinnett around the construct of the Enneagram and the value that that brings as a tool to use with your clients. If you are in a place of needing mentor coaching for your recredentialing, or if you need some core competency CEUs for recredentialing, let me know right away at Meg at a focus on results.com because my mentor program for 2019 is underway. If you act right away, you can join that program if you are needing it. So I want to thank you once again for joining us this week. And if you're enjoying the show, leave a rate and review. That would be so appreciated. And very helpful to the show. Until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very, very best for your coaching success. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.